0: are you sir i'm great how are you i'm where very well we got lots to get to i want to start here because you surprised me earlier today uh Uh well you did because i said i said look do you want to talk about john short i wasn't sure you know I, i suspected you worked during the same time or a little bit the same era but then you told me an amazing story so please pass it along
1: So it's August 1979, and we're visiting Sather's in Banff, and Glenn Sayers needs a new stats guy for the Oilers, and I'm 17. I'm 17 years old. And he says, listen, we're going into the NHL. We need a new stats stats guy. Do you want to do it? And so I thought about it and said, "Uh, yes. So he said, okay, I'm going to connect you with John Short, who's our PR guy. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know what a PR guy is at that time. So, but I'm about to start university. Wait for it. In pre-med, I know that surprised literally everyone listening to me right now. Yes. But I did. I, I started. yeah, Thanks very much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for chiming in, buddy. So uh, I started pre-med at U of A, September 1979. And the Oilers are going to have their first NHL training camp at U of A arena. So Glenn says, come over to the, I don't know, one o'clock practice and I'll introduce you to John. So I go over, I'm sitting in the stands, and I see Glenn on the other side talking to this guy and they start to walk over and he's this big, tall guy and it's, he's 42 at the time, which I had to look up, but. So I'm 17, he's 42, and he introduces himself. And I'm like, hey, how are you? And he goes, do you think you can do stats for this team? And I said, I think I can. I think I can, sir. I'll do my very best. He said, all right. The great thing about John Short was he never got in my way or asked me a question (laughs) the whole year. I think he was savvy enough to know that if I had any questions, I'd ask him. And he stayed right out of my way. So at the end of the year, I produced, I think it was 32 pages of the Oilers Media Guide for the next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he was expecting, but it obviously wasn't 32 pages. And he said to me, now, I was supposed to be doing this, Al, for nothing, right. which I was, I was fine with. Right. And he says, you know what, Steve, you did so much work. He <laughs> said, here's a check for $250. He said, I know it's not a lot which actually it was a fair bit for me at that time. Mm-hmm. It was about 10, 10 games of working at the Coliseum. So that was a lot. Yes. And he said, it, it's not a lot, but it's just a stipend we're going to give you because of the job you did this year. And then after that year, he left and Bill Tuelli took over. And my opinion of Bill Tuelli is, let's see, 179.7 degrees different of what my opinion of John Short is. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. But... I I will never forget John for that, and I will never forget what a kind person he was to me. Because let's face it, I was a snot nosed kid showing up because Glenn said, "Hey, this kid can do the job." <clears throat> Turned out I could, but John was just a joy to work with. I loved working with John Short.
0: Well, and he was very um, he was very uh, supportive of young people. I thought I always felt like he was, uh, you know, he would champion anything I did. He was very supportive of everything through my whole, uh, you know, career. And I think John was one of those guys who, who, and remember, when you and I met him, it was the 80s, and a lot of older gents were kind of crusty and maybe not as supportive. That was my experience. John was always supportive.
1: And you know, it's funny, as you're saying that, (coughs) I'm thinking, now, why would that be? And I think it's because he remembered when he was that age. Right. And I think if you remember when you're that age, you have a lot more patience and tolerance and understanding with some 17 year old, not those kids who's trying to get into the business and, and trying to do something that, that he finds fun. And, and I don't think everybody has that memory, but John did. And I think it showed in everything he did. I just, it made me so sad when I read that yesterday, it just, the memories, you know, they say the memory flood. I'm talking like a torrent of memories that hit me and I had to like, you know, take a deep breath. And my wife said, what's wrong? And I said, oh, John Short passed away. And then I had to take several deep breaths. Yeah.
0: It, it, I think it hit everybody and then Robin Brownlee later in the day. And it was, it, it, you know, it's it's funny because John, I, I probably had lunch with John three years ago. Uh, I can't remember exactly when it was, uh, but he still... John Short telling a story, you better pack a lunch because it's going to take a while, but you're going to laugh your ass off. And so is he. That's the way it was because he loved to tell stories, but he, he also loved to laugh while he was telling them.
1: He was fully invested in everything he did. He? <coughs> if he told you a story, you could tell <coughs> it was just He was selling it the whole way along. And when he had a question for you, it was like a serious question. Or can we do this? Or do you think you can do that? Or how do we go about doing this? And the other thing I remember, I, I he... I could talk to him about baseball every once in a while, mm-hmm. and he loved talking about baseball. I, yeah. I think he loved all sports. He was, he was basically just one of those handful of guys in Edmonton. They don't have them in Toronto. I lived in Toronto for Edmonton. They didn't really have those forever, but in Edmonton, they have this handful of guys who were Edmonton sports, Yes, and John was one of those guys to me.
0: Yeah, I agree totally on that. Now, to today's, because John would want us to talk about last night's game and the nine game. He, yeah, yeah. he would, yes. He'd say, what are you doing? Get on with it. Uh, <laughs> yes, he would. Yes, he would. Uh, so nine games, historic chance here. And against Montreal, when I say Oilers in Montreal, I go right back to Moog. Uh, this could be an historic night for the Oilers tomorrow night. Montreal is not the team that they were back in the day. What are your thoughts? And maybe, you know, I know you were in Montreal, uh, you know, at times for games. Montreal hosting Edmonton. What are your thoughts? Well, uh,
1: same as you, I go right back to 81. And that, I was at game three, which is the game they eliminated the Canadians in that series when Dave Hunter shut I think it was Dave Hunter, right? Shut down Caleb um, yep. That was, it was just stunning. But it was stunning in a strange way that never gets related, because what, it wasn't a hundred percent stunning. Because when you thought, "Well, this is what happens in sport," somebody ages out, and just at the time they age out, just like what happened to the Islanders in '84, yes. they kind of aged out at the. Well, those Canadians aged out right when the Oilers aged in. I'm sure that's not a term, but I'm going to use it. And it, when that confluence came together, you <coughs> watched the game and you thought, well, it kind of makes sense because yeah. if they're going to they're gonna verge, this is when they're going to do it. Yeah. And they did. So it was shocking but not shocking at the very same time. That's, that's the memory I get.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. In 84, it was, I, I remember so well. For me, the keys were the first game. Fuhrer shuts out the Onators, and that was like an indication that they were going to be able to win any way the auditors would play. Secondly, a lot of injuries on the Islanders during that year. Bossy was his back was hurting them. There was a lot of issues as far as the veteran Islanders not being at one hundred percent. And the third thing I always I remember this because it was so weird. They played three games in Edmonton, games one and two in New York, and then three, four, five in Edmonton. They were going to go back, but the Oilers won it. And that for me, that was a key because if you go back, you never know, Steve.
1: You don't know, and I think I've related this before, but I'm going to do it again. So after that series ended, um, Glenn Taylor was living in Riverbend, and I went over. I don't think I was interviewing him. I think we are just having a coffee and talking. <clears throat> and I said to him, I said, when did you know you were going to win the series? And he said, at the Stanley Cup luncheon. And I said, <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean at the Stanley Cup luncheon? So I think it was after game three. I'd have to look it up. So Oilers win, Oilers lose, Clark-, Clark Gillies gets hat-trick, Oilers win, Stanley Cup luncheon. I right. said, how could you know at the Stanley Cup luncheon you were going to win? And this is quintessential Glenn right here. He said, I could see it in Al Arbor's face. Wow. And I thought, yeah. And I, I'll never forget that answer. And I thought, you know what? I bet you that's true. Yep. And once you see that and you go back and <coughs> communicate it to the guys, I can see it in their face, guys. They know they're going to lose. That's it. That was the end of it. I thought that was the it was the strangest answer I ever got, and also the answer that made the most sense I ever got.
0: Well, and he say there was like that though. You know, he the 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 great thing about him uh, when he was certainly when he was here was that he would give you even if it was a like a a, a, a a belligerent answer, he would give you the answer. And chances are, if you thought about it, it was the right one.
1: Oh, if you didn't want the truth, you shouldn't ask Glenn Sather the question. A hundred percent. And the problem with with a lot of media members is, oh, they don't want the truth. Like, that's a stupid question. Well, I'm sorry to say, but it is a stupid question. And if you don't like that, I've been, I don't know if you've ever been told you just asked a stupid oh,
0: question. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, yes. I, yeah, I have. And I remember exactly who did it. It was Stephen Valaket. He was playing goal for the Toronto Roadrunners. And I thought, oh, I, I actually said to him, okay, fair enough. And then we just carried on. But if you get offended by being told you asked because it it actually was a stupid question that I asked, if you get offended about being told that, you're not going to like the person who said it. But Glenn's going to do that 100 out of 100 times. Yeah. And most guys just don't like that.
0: Steve Lansky, our guest, Big Mouth Sports. So um, I'm asking this question of all the guests today, and it goes okay. like this. If the Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup this spring, you personally or the... The generation your age, who obviously have seen five of them, what would what do you think the old guard will do the night of the Stanley Cup victory if Edmonton wins? Because I'll remind you what the generation we were did uh, in 84, 85, 87, 88, and 90, which is just wander around Jasper Avenue mostly.
1: The old guard being people my age? Yes. Well, I would say... Several of us will have some sort of cardiac event and have to go to the (laughs) hospital. Um, Others, others will be excited, but too old to do anything about it. Yes. Several may break hips jumping up and down and the rest of us will be very thrilled that we've seen it happen again because you got so spoiled in the eighties. Like it's this, It just seemed like it happened every year. And when it didn't happen, they were close. or there was some crazy Steve Smith reason why it didn't happen. And then now it just seems like frickin' eternity. And it would just be like, I I don't even know how to respond anymore. Although I would be very happy that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl got whatever size monkey it is on their back off. That would cross my mind first.
0: I, I remember in 91... Uh, the orders Law, I think the Minnesota, as I recall, but I might be wrong. And uh, my father-in-law called me from Medicine Hat. He said, you know, son, sorry that your team didn't win. And I said, ah, oh, it's okay. I appreciate that. And he said, you know, I'm glad. And I said, why are you glad? And he said, because you've been such an arrogant jerk for the last decade about that team. <laughs> and he was, how would, you, how would you not be? It's true, right? How
1: would right? you not be an arrogant jerk? Yes. And yes, by the way, by the way, thanks for the... 91 Minnesota reminder. I think if I'm wrong, not wrong, the Oilers might have won the first game yeah. and then they lost four in a row and I'm still reeling like, how did they possibly lose that series? But anyway, <laughs> um, how would you not have been arrogant? It's, it's like true. Yankees fans. How are Yankees fans not arrogant? They are arrogant. Montreal Canadiens fans in the 50s. How would they not have been <laughs> arrogant? Of course they were arrogant. <coughs> but the problem is, after that arrogance, there's this time period where you don't necessarily win. And that that's hard to gut through when you know what it can be and how great it was. And it's hard not to live in those days and hard not to remember them because I don't know about you, but those days for me are so vivid, it's kind of scary how much stuff I remember. It, it scares me every once in a while.
0: Yeah, it's true. I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing. I, I also remember when I knew it was over, because Terry Jones wrote an article. It was about Francois LaRue. Uh, and you know he was going to make the team, and what they expected of him. And in the article, Jones, who you know, he, he was very succinct. He said, "This is the message. The, the fact that this is happening, the message to Oiler fans is, it's over." And and as he he wrote it, and as I read it, I I thought, you know what, he's right. It's this is they don't have they don't have Gretzky, they don't have Coffee, they don't have Führer. they don't have Anderson, they don't have Messier. This is it's. Whatever happens now, it's going to be a new group, and the group that got all the glory is in other cities.
1: But at the time, I think there's a resistance to admit that it's over. Yes. Because you think, well, there's got to be a way to, you know, that could be wrong. I mean, people don't know that they're going to win a Stanley Cup. They say, oh, they're guaranteed to win. They don't know that. Well, they don't know it's over. They don't know. but. At the time, I, I guess that was right. You just don't know how long it's over for, and you know we both know it's been too long.
0: Yeah, it. it I think Oiler fans of the other general, you and I, have been rewarded like for a lifetime, right? But oh yeah, oh yeah, sure. But the the you know, I got a buddy Dean who was a, a Jets fan, and then when they left, he became an Oilers fan and so he's having a hard time because both teams are playing well. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I, for that younger generation, I'd like to see them win a Stanley just because they haven't done it before.
1: And, and they would see what it feels like, and they, would, they might be able to go, oh, I see why you guys talk about these players all the time. Yeah, because at that age, like when the Oilers won their first Stanley Cup, I think I was 22. At that age, you just remember everything. You're still forming. It's still... It's still crystallized in your head, and and that's that's what you hang on to for the rest of your life. It's the rare fan that gets to see teams win and win and then a two-year gap and then win again and then a little <laughs> gap and then win again. It it hardly ever happens. So you you got to take what you get when you can get it yes. and just relish it as long as you can.
0: It's so true, and and, and I think that that's what brings fans together. Like you know, I'm. I'm I'm an Eagles fan. Well, if I meet another Eagles fan, it's a thrill because we're so far away from the city. But in Edmonton, one of the things that I think during that that era that sort of brought Oiler fans together was the fact that the Flames fans were also furiously devoted to their team. So it, the rivalry was there. And I always think when Edmonton is its best as a sports city, the Calgary team is trying to beat the living daylights out of them.
1: Another layer, right? <coughs> Not just a yeah. championship layer. Now it's a championship layer with a rivalry layer. And that is like, it would be like the Yankees and the Red Sox going head-to-head every year to see who got to the World Series if you were doing it that way. Or the Lakers and the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Like, not only did your team win, we beat the team that I hated. Or we beat the team that I liked the least. That, That is really hard to beat. I mean, that's the glory of sports to me. Sometimes if I think about that too hard, I find it almost overwhelming how great sports is. In today's world, for me anyway.
0: Yeah, I, I've got uh, Rob texted in. I don't know if it's for you, but I'm going to read it before I let you go. Uh, sear it. your steak and butter using a cast iron pan, then finish the steak in the oven. Great alternative in cold days. Do you have a Do you have a steak solution for a cold day?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. Put on heavier coat. <laughs> go out to barbecue. They see the put on heavier coat. That was the steak solution. <clears throat> yes, there is no month. I do not barbecue, my friend. Wow. There is no month. The only key is in the middle of winter, you got to cook it a little longer because even though the coals are hot, it it dissipates before it gets to the steak. That's it. That's all you got to know.
0: Well, I barbecued on Tuesday, but I'm not going to do it until it warms up a little because it's damn cold out there, Steve.
1: Uh, I don't want to hear that. I Listen, I'm driving down Banff Avenue right now. It's minus 33. It's nothing. There's a guy in shorts right there. I'm looking right at him. Yeah, and this he's the nothing.
0: Is it the mayor? All right. Thanks, Lasky. <laughs> <Steve. laughs>
1: All right. Take care, Al.
0: All right.